Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Good evening and welcome to Tuesday Topics. Uh, we have our usual crew, but I'm happy to say we have a um, the, the person of the hour with us. Hello, Mr. Eric. Hey, Paul. Good evening. Good evening. So... Uh, Eric, we have uh, our 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 usual suspects with us on Tuesday topics. So, starting with uh, our hand raising person, we have Miss Marianne. Hey, Miss Marianne. Hello, Paul. Hello, Eric. Hello. And we have, uh, of of course, the uh, the glorious streamer, Mister Larry Gassman. Hey, Larry. Suspects is the operative yeah. word. It, it could be. Hello, Eric. It could be. Almost goodbye, Eric, but not quite. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> and and finally, at least for a while, we have uh, we have Mr. Rick, who is uh, who is uh, our sort of producer in chief. Hey, Rick. Can you guys hear me? There we go. Yep, no, yes. Yeah. Hello, and, hello. Uh, and of course, we have our our kind of co-host, who is. Uh, uh, just recovering from COVID, Mr. Brian Charlson. Hey, Brian. I am here. I'm glad to have a chance to see virtually Eric anyway, because COVID kept me from seeing him in D.C. not too long it ago. Is, and it has been a while, Brian, since we've seen him. It has. Yeah. Years. Yeah. It has been a while. So, uh, Mr. Eric, we'll give you an opportunity to start off by telling us uh, maybe, maybe, uh, a little bit about how you're feeling at this juncture. Are you are you excited? Oh yeah, I'm. 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 What are the What do the kids today say? I'm feeling all the feels right now. Like, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, it's it's a little bittersweet. I'll be I'll be honest with you. I had 15 years with this organization. and yep. learned a lot. Uh, you know, in in a lot of different aspects of. You know the the field of blindness and uh, you know governmental affairs and uh, also business. I uh, learned what it was like to to be a manager and a leader. Yeah. Uh, learned learned a lot about failure and about success, which um, really can't have one without the other and get through life. Um, you know, so it it it's been awesome. It's been a great ride, yeah. I, and, yeah. and I'm I'm not going to work for the organization anymore, but I'm I'm certainly going to remain a member. So, but you know, looking ahead, I'm I'm excited for the opportunity. Yeah, and to be able to to take a, a great organization and and work with it and the field to to help it through uh, some of the times that it's been in that haven't been so great and get things get things headed in the right direction and some positive momentum so very good excellent eric when did you first become an acb member when and what caused you to join acb sure so okay so that those are two different things so i <laughs> um in uh let's see february of 1999 i attended the um the affiliate president's meeting and the legislative seminar and i did that uh through the advice of mike gravitt 
who's a longtime uh, committee member of our scholarship committee, who is yep. uh, just a few years older than me. And uh, while I was there, I wound up rooming with Richard Reda. Yeah, um, nice. And uh, got to know him and become friends with him. And uh, they said, hey, you know, there's this thing called the National Alliance of Blind Students. Um, you should really look at being becoming a member. And so uh, I said, okay, this sounds interesting. And, you know, my, my challenge in college um, wasn't that I wasn't having fun. It wasn't that I wasn't uh, doing all the things a college kid should be doing. Uh, my, my challenge, honestly, was getting reasonable accommodations, which is a broken record still to this day yep. for, for blind students. Doesn't matter right. where, where you go. Um, and so that's really what had prompted me to, to go and meet uh, people at the, at the legislative seminar and pique my interest in politics. I was always interested in politics. Um, but the other thing that really piqued my in- interest, guys, was knowing that the national convention was going to be in Los Angeles. How cool is that, right? So um, in the summer of 1999, I went out. Um, met a whole bunch of young people my age yep. um, that all had the same shared, basically similar shared experiences. Had fun, rented a limo, went and visited a bunch of mansions and other things and stayed out too late and uh, wound up being elected vice president, first vice president of the National Alliance of Blind Students by the end of the week and have been involved with ACB ever since. So. Yep. Mike, Gra- cool. Mike Gravitt used to enjoy drinking songs. Yes. <laughs> no longer. Not a drop. Okay. Good. I, I, I remember when um when I was when I was president, Mike Gravitt got on the mic when I was trying to run a nice quiet meeting and asked the significant question that begins a process of ten responses in terms of drinking. Yeah, it's like a couple of ducks, three. Yes, that's the one. Yes, yes. (laughs) I do recall that. Yes. (laughs) So that was good, Um, and that—that's Mike. Mike Kravitz is a is a good person, and he stayed he stayed involved with ACB all the way through in terms of being on scholarship. So, so I'm excited about that. Yeah. So. Did you um did you end up um end up meeting your current wife at an ACB event or did was that elsewhere? Um so yeah, so how did that okay. I met here's Mike Gravit again. Um so <laughs> the summer of 2003, uh Mike calls me and he says, Hey, you know, there's this um this young woman that's going to be an intern for the ACB national office. And at the time I was living out here in Arlington and working at national industries for the blind and uh, doing policy work. And he said, you know, she seems really cool. You should, you should try and get to know her. And so he gave me her number. And, uh, I called her and she didn't answer and, you know, this is like the days before texting and Facebook yeah. and social media and all that stuff. And so I was like, all right, cool. 
I waited, I don't know, three or four days because I didn't want to seem needy. I'd never even talked to her before. And uh, called and left her another voicemail and said, hey, you know, uh, you, uh, you know, I get it if you don't want to call back. But, you know, Mike, Mike says that it'd be good to get to know you. So finally she called back. We talked for six hours. And, uh, <laughs> and basically the, the rest is history. But, yeah, she was, she was the intern uh the national office intern in the summer of 2003 and uh we dated that summer and have been together ever since well that how cool is terrific. that yeah now paul paul you asked the question rather interestingly and i i did it's maybe it's this modern times your current wife suggests that there was a prior one and i don't think that's the case am i correct what there is a oh, yeah oh no i don't think so <laughs> i'm just saying in these in these days and ages people say so uh is this your second or 14th spouse that kind of thing so when you said current wife i said wait a minute i don't think i know anything about that <laughs> so no. i'm just glad it's your only <laughs> wife no i don't think i had any drive through uh vegas deals <laughs> <laughs> good <laughs> Pardon me, good. So, and you have two kids? Yes. Uh, Tyler, who's now uh, eight, and Noah, who is three. And uh, that's their part of the reason why I was just a touch late this evening, guys. I'm sorry about that. Uh, the the six to eight o'clock hour, those, that time of the night is, uh, it's very interesting around here. <laughs> <laughs> I can well imagine. I can well gotcha. imagine. I think a lot of us on this call remember Tyler when he was a baby. Um, far, far less, uh, far less. Noah. I, I've hardly seen Noah. I think, but Tyler, I know pretty well. Yeah, and um, you know, Noah was born in December of 2019. So he he was at the uh, he was at the 2020 uh, uh, president's meeting and legislative seminar. He yep. was teeny tiny and tyler was rolling him around on a stroller in that hotel yeah um but yeah you know tyler tyler has been present at several of our conventions down through the years yeah he uh, has you know at, at least for little bits and and bops uh, my my parents every year uh love to kidnap him or over the fourth and mm -hmm. Now him and Noah, and uh, they they do lots of fun stuff around the Fourth of July while we're at the convention. So, yep, yeah. So, so, go ahead. No, I mean you know if you take a look at where our conventions have been, Minneapolis, they drove up to kidnap Tyler yep. in twenty sixteen. Twenty eighteen was uh, uh, St. Louis. We actually Rebecca did an incredible thing in twenty seventeen when we were in Reno. She actually flew from here to Chicago, had a layover of about three hours where she dropped Tyler off with my parents. They met us, met them in Chicago. Nice. And so Tyler got to spend the week there. And then she did much the same thing in 2019 when we were in Rochester. She flew here to Chicago to drop him off and then Chicago to Rochester. So he's he's had quite the uh, quite the experience. And then last year in Omaha, they drove they drove over to Omaha and got the boys. Oh. Well, that is excellent. Yeah. That is excellent. Yeah, it truly is. 
So tell us a little bit about NIB. Uh, what was it like working there? Well, it was um, it was six years of my life where I, I grew and I made mistakes, and I got to work for this crazy, wonderful, super <laughs> smart person named Pat Beatty. And mm-hmm. uh, first first couple of years I was at NIB, they didn't really know what to do with me. Um, I like I edited the the monthly newsletter. I uh, they, I learned how to do sales, government sales, mm-hmm. and I sold. I think I, I shocked myself and everybody else when this one day I created this relationship with the procurement office at the State Department that oversees this contract. It's called the whole home contract, where through this through this contracting vehicle, uh, the State Department outfits uh, embassies and other. Uh, uh, Oh, I forget the name of the FBO uh, uh, spots around the world. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Um, with furniture and literally nice. anything that fits inside, they call it the whole home project or whole home contract. Mm-hmm. And um, I was successful in just developing a relationship with a couple of the procurement executives. I, <laughs> I got $500,000 worth of mattresses that were made in Morristown, Tennessee, included in the contract. And no one could believe that I had done that because I had no real sales training. Um, and so I, I, that was one of the really cool things that I did. And then, mm-hmm. um, basically Pat Beatty said, Hey, you know, you want to come work for me? This would be fun. And I'd, I'd been around her. She's pretty gruff, pretty direct, mm-hmm. loved her Heineken's and, yes. Uh, and but I I had heard from other people that she's like she knew a ton and I'd probably learned something from her. So I I took that challenge and I worked for her for three years and um she wound up being my mentor and uh learned a ton about public policy, a lot about procurement, employment policy as it pertains to people with disabilities, not just blindness. Um, was there for the, I think, one of the last successful reauthorizations of the Workforce Investment Act in yep. 2003. Um, so I got to see that process through. I got to watch uh, the Randolph Shepard and uh, at the time Nish, now Source America, fights over a military troop dining and cafeterias yep. and all that stuff. Got to watch uh, actually Richard Bird, who's uh, unfortunately, since passed, uh, yep. hammer hammer the folks at Nish and a um, lot, lot of interesting stuff that I got to be a fly on the wall at a pretty young age and observe people uh, really passionately and at times quite successfully advocating. And it was, it was powerful stuff. Yep. So Pat, Pat is a mentor. Um, what, what, what made her mentorish? Um, it's basically <laughs> she was very different than the CEO yes. of the organization at the time, Jim Gibbons, who told me yeah. one day, "Sit down, I'm going to mentor you." I'm like, hmm, "Is that how this works?" Like, I know I'm only 23, but that's kind of weird. Like, you're telling me you're going to mentor me, and then you tell me that I shouldn't want to do everything that I think I want to do. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
<laughs> something there doesn't quite jive, but um, really it was her knowledge of, of the legislative process and the regulatory process and um, how to talk about our issues with Republicans. Um, now there, there is an interesting issue. <laughs> it we is. We may come back is. to that. Um, you know, but the the Democrat Party is always saw, you know, essentially kind of owned the disability policy arena, and um, you know the the Republican Party has always been viewed as uh, uncomfortable. Um, at times with, with dealing with that. And, and I, I still think that some of this is actually holds true today. And I'm, I myself am a, in my, in my personal life, I am not a Democrat. And right. so, you know, um, you know, I, I can identify with that, but really she said, look here, you need to talk about the actual return on the investment that this is going to make right. by having more people employed. And by by having these people provide products and services to the government, you know, the you know, the people that are off of coming off of entitlement programs and blah, blah, blah. Right. So those sorts of those sorts of arguments, uh, other than it's just the right thing to do or uh, some of the other stuff that was out there. um, She was saying things differently and she, she herself was a Democrat, but, you know. She she was out there uh, nonpartisan, agnostic. She would work with whoever right. wanted to work with her. And that's one of the huge things that I took away that I still don't yep. observe very much of in the disability field today. Yeah. Unfortunately. I, I, I would agree with that. And I, I guess the one other thing I would say, and I, <clears throat> maybe you'll agree with me, is blind people and really disabled people in general are really lucky for for what Pat Beattie did in her spare time in 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 terms of working with the access board and really representing what what folks who are blind need in terms of of access when when nobody else was doing it she's a true technocrat and in, yeah. in in the in the best way of of calling a technocrat a technocrat i mean she yeah, the the access board stuff, Paul, but then also the ANSI standards. Um, oh, absolutely. A one seventeen, which you know sure. we we are now populating more folks on there today. Good uh, with an ACB, which which is wonderful. But you know the the I mean borderline inane and crazy. Oh yeah. Uh, you know the the heights of uh, of railings and uh, yep. the the color contrast on. Uh, you know, uh, stair steps or yep. uh, braille signage and the height of yep. the signage and the kind and, of braille and, and, and you and, know. And how thick should the dot be? Exactly. <laughs> yes. All the little intricacies that make the yeah. difference. Absolutely. And yes. I, I remember her telling the story about um, working on standards in bathrooms. Yes. And how much time and energy she put into the appropriate height, height of a yes, toilet a for proper yes. human defecation and urination. Yes, 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 <laughs> yes. It was great fun. <laughs> so, I'll never forget when she she got you know she got cancer and got real sick and 
Um, she, we were having this really kind of morbid conversation over the phone. She's like, you know what? Just, just remember me next time you go to the bathroom. Remember me. <laughs> it was me. <laughs> the height of that, it was the height of that urinal. You know, I was like, oh God. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So she was a great mentor of yours. Did you have any, uh, interaction with any ACB early leaders uh, yeah did so you know I, Durwood did you know you know I, that kind of thing uh no I, I did not know Durwood um but I I did um that convention in 1999 uh there was a an employment session that NABS held probably with the I don't know if it was government employees or it, it probably it was, was then somebody yep. else but um MJ Schmidt came mm-hmm. and presented along with uh billy jean keith mm-hmm. and uh very different styles <laughs> very. and um and, but both both uh impactful and interesting in their own ways bunnies and, and bourbon yes yes and and the bourbon oh dear i was that was one of the first times I had bourbon, and she pulled it. She fell to the tippy top of this hotel glass, and I was like, oh. yes. "I took a sip, and then I nearly choked to death." And then it's like, "Okay, what what do I say to myself? What do I do now?" Like, and Richard Red is sitting there next to me. You know, he's acting all cool. I was like, "Okay," but yeah, MJ uh, MJ was somebody that I. That I met um, also also Kathy Skyvers. Um, yep. Through the course of that week, was got yep. to be around her quite a lot as well, and it was great. And you know, got to know MJ a little bit down through the years. And in 2010, Rebecca and I were invited to the New York State Convention, and we hung out there. And MJ at that point in time was you know getting old, <laughs> yes, and and rather rather frail, but still really loved her maker's mark. And she did the same thing that she did to me in 1999 to Rebecca. She filled this hotel glass up to the tippy top with Maker's Mark. And Rebecca, not not a teetotaler, but, you know, did, MJ drained it. And Rebecca took one sip and was it was like something out of a Looney Tunes you know, cartoon scene. You know, I was like, there's fire coming out her nose. And, she just set it down and said, thank you, MJ. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. So if uh, going to go back to NIB just for one second. Sure. Um, Jim Gibbons was an, was an interesting specimen. How did, how did it seem <clears throat> to have a blind person in charge of that entity? So it, it was, it was interesting. Uh, Jim hired me out of college yeah. And I'm I'm very grateful for that opportunity and the fact that I got to learn what I learned at, at NIB. I feel like it helped prepare me for ACB in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, he, uh, you know, he had his career. He was probably oh, forty yeah. when I came to work there. He'd been there three or four years, maybe. And his his career had been in. Uh, corporate America and uh, managing subsidiaries of AT&T. And yep. He um, got his MBA from Harvard and I think he's like the first blind guy to get an MBA, blind person to get an MBA from Harvard. 
And uh, so he wanted, you know, um, he was oriented towards the business side of, of what NIB did. I came in from a different angle. Um, you know, he, uh, I, I think overall, with regard to uh, the expansion of of the of the business, you know the the product sales and uh, service the service uh, industry. He expanded what NIB did quite a bit. the The interesting thing is, I don't know that that it actually grew jobs, but no. it, it certainly he he certainly improved work to improve processes and to uh, have things become more cost effective. So at the, at the agencies around the country that were producing the products or providing the services to the government customers. So, mm-hmm. uh, and then, you know, w- within about three years of me joining or a couple of years, he worked to set up this business leaders program right. that sought to give uh, a certain number of young blind professionals the opportunity to really learn the business side of NIB and its agencies. Right. And I thought that that was actually very cool. And there, there are a number of uh, success stories that have come out of that um, down through the years where people have gone on to be senior leaders at either at NIB or to become, you know, president and CEO of a place like the San Antonio lighthouse or, right. um, you know, other places like that. So, uh, a year later in 2004, Jim had been working on a relationship with the, uh, university of Virginia's, uh, Darden school of business uh-huh. and, uh, really seeking to provide MBA level, uh, management training for uh, basically a certificate program Mm -hmm. over a period of a little over a year. And it was a pretty uh, intense application process that folks had to go through. And uh, at the end, they selected, I think it was like 25 individuals to participate. And I was very fortunate that I I got to be one of those um, participants in the business management training, as well as um, my wife, Rebecca, at the time we were dating, she nice. was selected as well, along with uh, several other uh, individuals who are now CEOs across the NIB network of agencies. So it was a wonderful learning experience. No, I think, I, I think Pat had encouraged him to do that, had she not? I mean, it was, yes. she also, yes. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah she, she, she saw the value in learning business. Yeah. Yeah, that's excellent. Um, of course, he is. He's. He, is he still? Is he still with um, the 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 larger group, or is he retired now? I don't even know. Where I'm not he is. sure. Uh, I'm not sure where he is now. I, he he left Goodwill Industries International, where he was right. the CEO for many years. Uh, probably right. I don't know four or five years ago. Yeah, I don't know where he is either. An interesting person. I was on the. Um, oh, definitely. I was on the committee that hired him for NIB, which is interesting. Yeah. It shows how the it shows how the circle kind of goes around. It does. I um, had a regular meeting with him each time he came up here to the Boston area to go to the Harvard 
alumni weekend kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, nice. uh, you know, he, he, he clearly changed things in terms of uh, bringing that business mentality uh, rather than coming from the uh, blindness side, coming from the business side. And I think, you know, I think NIB is better for having had that experience. Yeah, so too. So uh, tell, us, tell us about what made you decide to come to ACB. So one of the, uh, the last really very cool thing that, that occurred before I came to ACB was uh, I was encouraged, actually, by, by Jim Gibbons and by uh, uh, Angela Hartley at the time. She's now the chief programs officer for, right. for NIB. Um, I was encouraged to embark on a fellowship through the Brookings Institution. And uh, NIB paid for it, and really any uh, anybody that participated in this program had their employer pay for up to a year to go uh, for about a month to the Brookings Institution, learn, uh, do some intense learning on on policy, and then essentially offer yourself up as free labor to Senate and House offices. And uh, literally, you know, I was probably 28 at the time uh, and uh, went to work for Congressman John Klein, who's a representative from the Twin Cities and a a Republican that worked on the Education and Labor Committee and uh, represented him, I had a whole portfolio of issues. Um, basically, I went on a series of interviews, guys, um, with Senate offices, with House offices. The my my peers that were in the program were all essentially government employees, or they worked for Boeing or Northrop Grumman. And then nice. there was me, and the majority of these individuals that were working at government agencies were all in the intelligence community. So. Uh, all the three-letter agencies, and they were going to work, you know, on intel committees or Homeland Security or other armed services, uh, places like that. So I went and got firsthand experience of what it was like to be a legislative assistant. I was called a a fellow, Um, and I I had my portfolio. I uh, I had telecom. I had... Um, immigration. I had uh, the the subcommittee that dealt with um, MSHA and OSHA on the Education and Labor Committee. Nice. There had been yep. a huge uh, mining disaster just the year before in Sago, the Sago mining disaster. Right. And then mm-hmm. um, Congress had had uh, signed and uh, passed the the Miner Act, and it was being implemented. And it was a mess and. So um, got to be part of all that and brief the congressman on those issues um, and, and just a whole host of other things. I met with constituents, uh, briefed them, um, briefed the congressman every day on various things, uh, got read into some um, other stuff that was going on in the Twin Cities at the time, mm-hmm. uh, dealing with the Somali community and the refusal of, in particular, Somali cab drivers to take uh, individuals as service animals, um, which 
actually sort of bore out at our convention that summer in 2007. Yes, I remember. Unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> and so met with the Somali community at, at the congressman's request to uh, talk with them about about this. It was that was a, a fascinating experience, and that was really the only experience that I had in dealing with disability. I wanted that experience to really revolve mm-hmm. around other issues to to sink, right. my, sink my teeth into. You know, the digital TV transition was coming up in a couple of years. Uh, I worked on that. Um, it was it was it was really good. But one of the things I learned is, man, I don't want to work on Capitol Hill. Um, <laughs> and but I wasn't a grunt, right? I wasn't I wasn't an intern. I wasn't answering the phones. Uh, but there 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 is a uh, an age range and a, a seek for um, uh, power, power through knowledge. And uh, many of the the House offices and, and also Senate offices are just not well run. Yeah. Um, they're, run, they're run by people that have never managed people. They're run by young people that are are very knowledgeable, but not not at all good at, at managing uh, building a culture, things things like that, where where you want to come and work every day. Yeah. And so, unfortunately, that you know, I, I witnessed that a lot. And uh, and then uh, Dale Muhammad decided she was going to leave, and uh, a couple people reached out to me and said, "Hey, you know, you should you should look at that job at ACB." And I said, "Okay." And uh, I applied and went through the process, and they hired me. And Melanie was uh, was executive director then. Yes, and yeah. Chris was literally in his last, I believe, month. Chris Gray yeah. within right. his last month of being uh, being the president. Interesting. <clears throat> Very uh, yes. Yeah. Excellent. And so you got to work on Capitol Hill anyway. I did. You know, I got two cracks. <laughs> I got two cracks at that. You know, I, I interned the summer of 2000, the 10th yep. anniversary of the ADA with uh, Senator Harkin. Got to do nice. a lot of really cool things that summer that most of my fellow interns didn't get to do. So, yeah. Yeah. So, yes, you interacted with staff a lot on the Hill, but you also interacted with political figures that whose our listeners would know their names. You mentioned Harkin, who's mm-hmm. quite a guy. Um, who else? Uh, well, uh, then uh, Senator Barack Obama, uh, when I was at NIB, uh, did did a number of visits with him and uh, the folks from the Chicago Lighthouse. Uh, also, Congressman Danny Davis from the Chicago area. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> uh, let's see. You know, through the through the CVAA, uh, the 21st Century Communications and Video Accessibility Act, that that was a, a three year plus process. Right. Um, inter- interacted a lot with uh, Brian's congressman and now uh, senator, senator Ed yeah. Markey, yeah. Uh, who was the you know the the actual champion, the lead champion of of what became the CVAA. Uh, Senator Mark Pryor from Arkansas, uh, also Senator Kerry um, as part of the CVAA, and then also the Pedestrian Safety Enhancement Act. 
um, Senator Kerry, uh, Congressman uh, Adolphus Towns from New York City, who's a character, uh, Congressman Cliff Stearns from Florida yep. with uh, the Pedestrian Safety Enhancement Act. Uh, Paul, you know him? I, d- I do know Cliff. Yep. <clears throat> um, you know, Congressman, uh, another another person I'm sure you met with, Gus Bilirakis from uh, Oh yes, from Definitely. Florida. Yep. I don't know why I always think of Snuffleupagus when I hear that, but anyway. <laughs> um, but uh, a, a lot of a lot of individuals, you know, yep. um, if you're gonna if you're gonna be introducing legislation, and the the legislative process is is moving forward, you're gonna be in the presence of a lot of these people. And yep. uh, most of them are, are honorable people um, and people that are, are trying to do right. Yep. Um, at, at times that, that, you know, the relationships with the staff can be kind of weird. There tends to be, you know, turnover in the staff, which mm-hmm. can, can have an impact on your ability to, uh, to get things moving or to, to meet with a member. Most of the time, the staff are the ones that are doing all the heavy lifting. And if you're you're meeting with the member, the you know the skids have been greased usually before you get to that point. But um, you know it, it it you know the the whole experience is is one that um, you deal you deal with a lot of failure. You deal with a lot of people saying no. You deal with a lot of people sort of saying nothing. Which at yes. times you wish they would just say no, right? Yeah. Just let me move on. Yeah. Um, but then every once in a while you get somebody that says yes, and they say yes and they mean it, and you can go on this ride. It's I've, I've had the great fortune to have that happen a couple of times in my career with with right. issues that really matter, and it's been yeah. tremendous. Yep. So, what kind of a what kind of a, a change was coming to ACB from being at NIB? Well, um, it was uh, you, you got to you got to find your own voice at ACB. Yes. yes. Um, at, at NIB, uh, it was a lot more corporate, yep. and uh, the. I mean, to be frank, some of the stuff is just not that it's not all that fun. Is it important? Yes, it is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, you know, learning, uh, learning uh, procurement regs, you know, the federal acquisition regulations. Right. As, and also the defense federal acquisition regulations, yep. the BFAR. And, you know, Title 41 of the U.S. Code and all this other stuff, it, 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 it was it was very good learning it was at times homework or it felt like homework um but it it helped to get me grounded in in uh reality and so that when i when i got to acb i wasn't just flailing about i i had i had a a, a basis of understanding of process how things worked and then you know obviously having the time on capitol hill really helped as well. Right. Um, but yeah, ACB, uh, you know, membership organization working on things that were pretty, pretty interesting, pretty cool 
stuff that dealt with technology as I was coming in, mm-hmm. um, voting, uh, some voting rights stuff, as well as uh, the, the advent of hybrid vehicles and the sort of the unintended challenges that they pose to our community. And mm-hmm. so, you know, th- those were some of the things that, that I took on uh, almost immediately. And some of them, frankly, some of them were dictated by the resolutions process that, you know, the, the national office staff would be working on these. And, yeah. And, uh, and of course you had to deal with the resolutions process poor thing. Oh Lord. Yes. <laughs> so many late nights. And yes. I'm so thankful that the organization is finally wrapping its arms around that process and yeah. getting sort of right, right sizing it, or I, I don't know what you'd call it, but uh, having it be more manageable um, yeah. for, for the members that are on the committee, but also the staff, you know, cause the staff at the convention, it's a, it's a long day for staff. And then, and then you have the night. <laughs> yeah, you do have the night. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. It, it was a long process. Um, so you had a lot of success in your first, in your first three or four years at, at, at ACB. Um, the, the, the blindness community in, in when, when you moved over, would you say it was pretty, pretty much together and pretty, um, pretty, pretty oriented towards working together, perhaps with the exception sometimes of NFB? Yeah, I, I would say that. Absolutely. We, um, there was a, a group, I'm sure the two of you will recall the legislative working group, the LWG um, yes. that met for many, many years. Um, and it, it was uh, a, me- a monthly meeting, and then it moved to quarterly, of the blindness organizations that had a Washington presence. Right. So NIB, ACB, uh, Blinded Veterans, American Foundation for the Blind, um, and you know there were others, uh, Prevent Blindness America came, um, mm-hmm. and at times others like Lighthouse International, um, to talk about, you know, the legislative and regulatory issues of the day and how, how we could navigate those waters, um, hopefully with a unified voice. Right. Uh, you know, after, I would say after about 2011, the, the legislative process all but broke in terms of normal Mm -hmm. order and, you know, Going going through the the normal ways of moving a bill through the legislative process, and it really hasn't. I I mean, this may sound controversial, but I don't think it's I don't think it's right today. As a matter of fact, no, um, no, it, it, it just it has yet to self correct. Yeah, uh, like we would have hoped. Yep. So, but yeah, you know, being able to, being able to, frankly, that was a really good environment to be able to learn from people, you know, like, uh, Mark Reichert, um, uh, uh, Paul Schrader, uh, Tom Zamperi, who led governmental affairs at, at BVA for many years, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and, you know, the folks, folks from NIB, um, you know, Pat Beattie, uh, and, and others. 
Now, during the course of your, what did you, you say, 15 years, right? Yeah. With ACB, you worked under four presidents. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Chris, Mitch, Kim, and Dan. Right? Mm -hmm. Yes. And always the this whole business of um, the elected leadership versus the employed leadership. I don't mean versus, meaning you're in constant conflict, but there's definitely a difference between the two scenarios. How did you find navigating through that over that period of time? Oh, uh, um, as as the as the leader of governmental affairs and then external relations and policy, I didn't have too much of an issue with it. Um, I I felt like I was there doing the work that that I was instructed to do by the membership, right? Either through resolutions or through literal, you know, current events taking place that necessi necessitated my action, right, on behalf of of ACB and its members and so um you know becoming executive director is a little different um and becoming executive director and then growing the staff and having the staff um interface with uh you know the the leaders of the organization uh a lot more um at times was i, I would say a little challenging not, you know, it wasn't, there wasn't confrontation or intentional conflict, but it was just more me trying to keep tabs on my people, make sure um, we, we were doing what, what needed to be done from a, from a staff standpoint um, and having the, trying to at, at times pick my spots to talk with the leaders about, you know, yes, they can do this, but please don't ask them to do that. You know, like, uh, Please, you know, be mindful that, you know, they sh really shouldn't work on weekends, you know, yep. a ton or at night, three out of five nights a week or, you know, and, and that's one of the things that is, is naturally challenging because at, at five o'clock, our workday theoretically ends. Okay. It doesn't, but theoretically it does. And that's when the members get off work. And that's yep. when their their devotion and their volunteerism really mm -hmm. kicks in for ACB, right? So it's this it's this sort of challenge that that I faced as I was trying to maintain some sense of work life balance, not only for me but also for my people. So we can ask you probably at at at, at some remove now when 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 you interviewed for the executive director position and and received it did you set any conditions at the time that 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 you wanted acb to meet not not in terms of money i'm not i don't i'm not interested in that but in 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 terms of the way the way that you wanted things to be um i, I did I don't, I don't know that i set any well i mean this business of uh, regular night meetings was something right. that I know sure. Kim and I Kim and I chatted about, and right. um, and and later Dan and I chatted about as well. And we, right. uh, I worked I think pretty well with each of them to try and figure out some of that so that there could yes. be uh, a, a quiet evening spent 
however you wish <laughs> without <laughs> work or, um, or an unquiet evening with two little children well there is that right <laughs> yeah so, yep. um you know but i i was i was excited to get the job guys yeah i was excited to be offered it i, I viewed it as a real opportunity and so there weren't you know preconditions or anything like that i, nice. I just wanted to be able to want to be able to contribute yeah during so the, I, the, the the 2015 uh board meeting in dallas um i i, I believe I, I may have overstepped my bounds but i was you know not the executive director but they had announced that melanie was going to retire yep. and i challenged the board to to dream yeah mm -hmm. and you know i i challenged myself to do that uh after i got the job and you know obviously there needs to be some guardrails to 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 dreams right so that <laughs> you can keep track on progress and all this other stuff but you know think big um and and you know where where you have the opportunity uh don't be stupid about it but be bold you know yeah um, yeah so anyway so so go ahead go ahead brad i was gonna say uh, you talked about fences and i think most fence posts have a dollar sign uh impressed upon them uh as one of the things that an executive director has to concern themselves with how has the whole process been for you relative to ACB's uh, financial health? Well, I mean, it, it, it's come a very long way. Uh, sure has. When, when I was hired as executive director in November of 2015, uh, I believe that there were uh, six full-time employees. And uh, in 2014, we'd undergone a bit of a contraction where we had to let at least one individual go, if not two. Um, and so, you know, it, it had been a number of lean years. And, uh, you know, um, I, that, I was still interim executive director as, as they were building the budget, but I was brought into the, into the budgeting process to kind of learn about it. Uh, Wayne Waters was a huge help at the time, mm -hmm. our, our controller at the time. Um, and, uh, you know, really learned a lot about where the money went. Holy cow, there's a lot. There were a lot of lines on the budget back then. There are still <laughs> a lot of lines on the budget today, but a lot less. We've Thankfully, yes. been able to consolidate and, and update a lot of aspects of, of all of that to have it make more sense um, mm -hmm. uh, to more people. But you know the the ability to to um, see uh, the success of our advocacy uh, laid out in front of us through increased revenue. Uh, companies that we've been working with to implement, you know, the regs for the CVAA, they saw the value in working with us and it, it didn't happen overnight. Um, but eventually they saw the value in working with us and agreed to support our mission uh, from a financial standpoint, either through, you know, the um, uh, convention sponsorship or consulting agreements 
Brian, which I know you know a lot about. Mm-hmm. You were actively involved in those years just uh, with just me. a few times, yeah. Yeah. And again, here's the balance question again, right? We have entities that uh, we've slowly became, and I don't mean this in a nasty way, but more dependent on corporate sponsorship of things than we had been prior to that point. And keeping that balance between our advocacy hat and our uh, hat where we're coming asking for financial support, that can't have been easy. No, but if if you're doing it for the right reasons, uh, you can see the North Star. You never lose sight of the North Star. Um, it, you know, the, the companies that, that work with us today that provide uh, the financial support of our mission, um, we, we can have very direct converse, and we do regularly with them about, you know, things that they've done to break accessibility in an app or website or what have you. There's no, uh, there truly is not a quid pro quo in all this. It, it, the, we're, we're viewed as a, as a, as a trusted partner. Uh, and part of the reason why we're viewed that way is that this isn't a transactional relationship. This is one that we will have likely, well, hopefully in some of these cases forever. And they, those relationships will continue to evolve and the nature of the product or service that the companies are, are introducing to the market may be good or bad or somewhere in the middle. It's the nature of technology. Um, and we can have those open and honest discussions with them about, wow, you know, this really kind of sucks right now. You know, like, um, how, how can we work to make this better? Or do we need to generate a letter? Uh, that gets the leadership's attention of your company, you know, or do we even need to consider taking some sort of administrative action at a, at a federal agency like the federal consumer or federal communications commission, right? Which has been done on multiple occasions and will likely be done more this year. So do you think, do you think then to to kind of summarize your position that, the relationship with our sponsors doesn't inhibit our actions at, at all in, in, in terms of being proactive about problems with what they do? No, I don't believe so. Uh, you know, I, I can understand the perception in some corners about it. Uh, but the these relationships don't just happen out of nowhere. The money that we receive doesn't just happen out of nowhere. <laughs> there are there are good reasons for why companies do this. The other reason why uh, companies also give us money is because we wind up taking legal action of some sort. And yeah. that's the last tool in the toolbox. Yeah. But man, when we get there, we don't hesitate to pull that tool out of the toolbox. Um, you know, but that's not, that's never what we have led with in our culture. Mm-hmm. You know, that predates me. Um, and I hope it never will be, but it's also something that can be an equalizer and, right. and get a company's attention. And 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 I and folks and folks know it's out it's out there whether 
whether we're doing it or whether the NFB is doing it, they, they, they know it's a weapon we know how to use, that blind people yes. know how to use. Yes. Yeah. So I, I'm going to ask a question, and, and, and I, <coughs> I'm not sure um, I, I'm not sure quite how to phrase it. Um, I, I would argue, and, I, and, and I, what I'm looking for is, is your feedback, and it, it sort of relates to where you are now and where you're going. Uh, I would argue that over the past five or six years ago, there has been a huge change in in the nature of the of the blindness system in in this country. So, first, would would you agree that that's the case? And and second, where 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 are we now in terms of in terms of the various groups that are out there? So within the blindness system, are you referring, I mean, are you referring to the Ability One? Well, uh, Ability in their network, in their agencies? Yeah, or? part of that. But I was also talking about the, I mean, I, I, I think NFB stepped back from a lot of the things that we worked to, and NFB, um, AFB stepped back from a lot of the things that, that, that were priorities for them. Um, and pass them on to APH. I think that um, I think that um, that some other organizations have become more involved in in uh, APH has become, I think, mm-hmm. more central than they used to be. I think that um, I think that um, Lee Nasahi's group has certainly become. Um, more active, and 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 I just wonder what your feeling is about the state of the blindness situation. And then, be, be, because I'm not sure, you know, I think there was a time, say, 15, 20 years ago, where where AFB was kind of the acknowledged centerpiece of the system, yeah. and and I'm not sure they are now. Sure. So there are. Uh, there have been a lot of things that have happened and um, that have, that have caused some, some shifts. And mm-hmm. uh, I would argue a lot of it stems from some decisions that, that were made. Um, I think with all good intent right. uh, at, at AFB um, yes. that, that date back about uh, six years ago or seven yep. years ago um, to and I think a lot of it was driven by some financial circumstances and the need to um, maybe divest from mm-hmm. um, some of those some of those programs. And uh, unfortunately, uh, many of those programs were were what the the blind community identified as AFB. And, yes, um, and so. And, and AFB had gone through a, a strategic plan that you know um, had them uh, going in a in a different direction, and so you know sometimes these things don't work, and and or sometimes they have you know um, outcomes that you you don't really see coming, and so as part of that, you're right, APH took on those programs, Career Connect, mm-hmm. Vision Aware. Um, there's a third one, I believe, as well. Uh, you know, um, to to kind of help fill the uh, the gap that AFB um, 
sort of uh, departed from, mm-hmm. Vision Serve Alliance stepped in to really kind of help convene the rest of the blind community over the last, I would say, three years or so yep. uh, to talk about the big issues of the day with regard to public policy. Yep. Uh, and, and also during this time, ACB and NFB began to work more uh, productively together right. on some select policy issues. Mm-hmm. And that continues today. Yeah. And so, you know, and, and by the way, ACB does work well with AFB still. And it's my intent that that will always be the case. <laughs> I, um, I, I would hope so. <laughs> yeah. It's in both of our best interests. Yes. Yeah. Um, but, you know, these are, these are some of the things that, that have taken, you know, that have taken place. And, you know, um, I, I'm, taking over at AFB uh, during a, you know, what was a pretty turbulent time. And I'm well aware of that. <laughs> yeah. Do you think, do you think that, that ACB in, in the last three years has actually been able to assume uh, a, a greater position of influence mm-hmm. in the new blindness system? Oh, I like to, I like to believe that we have. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I like to, I like to think, and and I, I think there's, you know, there's there's it's not just this notional thing. I think that there's that there is evidence. You take a look at all the work we've done in voting rights around the country, yeah. Um, where we've clearly, I would say, led um, the the work that we've done with regard to audio description mm-hmm. and the the great visibility that that we've been able to to give audio description as it comes more into the mainstream um issues like that the the creation of an entire entirely virtual environment where people during a pandemic come and hang out get to know one another learn from one another uh the the community um the and then the the channel one of the communications channels that we've been able to work on and, and build out ACB media where we're talking right now and to, to further professionalize that, mm-hmm. uh, to have it go all over the world and, and to yes. literally have people engaging with the community, um, from all over the world, you know, our, our ability to communicate through different channels, the great work that we do has clearly made a significant difference and has helped us, spread you know the, the acb brand um yeah. that and i just i feel like we're an approachable organization i feel like we're more yes. approachable today than we ever have been yep um so and i'm completely biased but i i, I it's the sense that i get when when i talk to people from other organizations so we have we, we have been monopolizing your time and i know there are some folks um who uh, are are interested in perhaps having some things to say to you as well, or perhaps have some questions. So perhaps we should stop for a bit and see if we have any hands, Ms. Marian. We do. Cindy has her hand raised. Miss Cindy, hello. Hello. I know you. I know yeah, you. You do. <laughs> I thought that was Mika. <laughs> hello, Eric. You can't get enough. Yes, you can't get enough, dude. <laughs> <All right. laughs> um, so, 
I've already told I've I've already told Eric all this stuff, so you guys are going to just have to bear with me for just a minute. <clears throat> when I came to work at ACB almost four years ago, I had been working nonstop in different arenas since 1995 without any break in my work. I worked 21 years in public schools. I worked uh, three and a little over three years then uh, at a nonprofit in Seattle and then came to uh, ACB. I can tell you that the culture on staff was nothing like I'd ever experienced before when I came to ACB. And Eric, you have created a well-oiled machine in um, the staff. And thank you to the board who adopted some amazing and real, honest-to-goodness, true, livable, positive uh, core values that we could all live in, within, about, and um, stand behind and represent. And, but most importantly, um, in many of, Bill Reader says that he doesn't believe that you empower people. He believes that everybody has power. And um, when, I, when I thought about that for a while, I thought about how many times I've been in positions in my work life where I knew I did have power, but it was squelched. It was suffocated. It was given no room. And um, there's nothing more frustrating than knowing you have something to give and people who don't believe in you enough to allow you to give it, to do it, to be the best that you can be. And that's what I've been able to experience here in almost the last four years, uh, to be able to serve an organization that I love so deeply and have been a member of for uh, now 37 years, to be able to come on staff and work with you, Eric, under you, but with you, and to have you believe in me and I know others. And Eric never says no to, he's never said no to me. I should tell you this. He is though. <laughs> he has, he has asked me tough questions though that made me stop and have to take a look at what I was doing, thinking, whatever. But it's been, uh, he's unleashed, he's unleashed my power, if you will, and uh, in myself. And Eric, because of you, I know I can. I will, I am, and thank you. Thank you. Wow. <laughs> that's 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 pretty amazing, Miss Cindy. So you're gonna miss Eric? <laughs> yeah, maybe a little. <laughs> uh, he's not I'm rid thinking. of me, but you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> anyway, thanks. Uh, thank, thank you, Miss Cindy. I appreciate it, Cindy. Yeah. That's it's sincere. Thanks. Yeah. Nice. Let's see if we have any other hands, Ms. Marianne. We, we do not currently. Melissa Hudson had her hand raised a while back, but she's left the room. So nice. you know, okay. hands right now. So let's talk just a smidge. And, and I know you probably can't say an awful lot, 
But is, is there anything that you can tell us about the directions that you're looking at in terms of AFB? Well, uh, what I can tell you is I start April 12th, and the following week is our leadership conference. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, so what I can tell you is that I'm going to start, and I'm going to get on a learning curve. And, uh, you know, um, you know, I, I intend to meet with everybody on our team. Uh, uh-huh. And uh, I, I'm intending to, to meet as many people as I can at the leadership conference. Um, you know, they're, um, you know, the, the board chair, Debbie Dennis, and I are developing a relationship um, Excellent. to, you know, a productive one to, to kind of get me onboarded. Um, you know, I have thoughts, Paul, but I'd rather not share right now. I, um, no, I think that's fair. You know, and- I, 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 you know, I'm not even going to be in the job for about three weeks, but what, what, you know, what I, I, I do want to see happen is, is for AFB um, to, to get back to doing some of what it was really good at. Um, yes. And, and a lot of that is uh, being a, a place where ideas can come to, um, to see if they're going to work or not, uh, to, to incubate. Uh, to convene, uh, you know, the leaders of, of the field and yep. in, in the dialogue of the day um, yep. to do some really good research, uh, research that, that truly can help to move the needle mm-hmm. uh, for, for real living blind people, um, you know, to, to help inform uh, policymakers, corporate America, uh, and others, you know. Um, you know, those are those are some of the things that that I view the organization um, uh, becoming more more focused on here in in the months and years to come. And nice. that's hopefully that's not a surprise. Um, no. Well, it's 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 uh it, it's something to look forward to. Um, I think, uh, and and I, and I think everybody does. I think. I think there are an awful lot of people in the blindness system, not just not just in in ACB, but across the blindness system, who were sad to see um, AFB step as far backward as quickly as they did, um, and and so um, to to hear that uh, that there's more interest in um, or or that there's potentially more interest in becoming involved. In in some of the some of the areas that AFB stepped back from is a good thing. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge I'm a huge admirer of AFB. Uh, yes. just as a, as an individual that's worked in the field and somebody that, right. that's grown up in the field, getting to go to the leadership conference when I was my first four or five years. Yep, um, was a, a a wonderful opportunity to network with leaders from around the country. And uh, lots of lots of learning took place for me there, and I know that it did for many others. Sure. Um, and that that conference really was a was a highly thought of place to to go and um, and learn and and network. And you know, I want I want for um, the you know the conference to be 
to be strong. Um, you know, I, I, I still believe that, that the conference, you know, has great value to the, to, you know, individual folks who are blind, but also to the professionals in the field. Um, and, you know, to me, uh, I think that, that the blindness field is stronger when AFB is strong. So yes. That's the goal. And the specifics on how we're going to do a lot of this, that yeah. decided. Yeah, that is <laughs> I tough. The, I love the use of the word incubate. Uh, Eric, I'm really, I really think that's what the blindness system needs is more opportunity to do, to, you know, try some ideas out there without uh, having to guarantee success. I'm a big believer in progress over perfection. And uh, AFB has gone through that a number of times. <clears throat> I was on the AFB board for eight years during Carl Augusto's time as director. And we saw AFB having to let go of uh, their talking book studios mm -hmm. strictly on a cost of talent and rental space in New York City, for heaven's sake. Uh, the most expensive place one can do that kind of thing. Um, but again, trying out ideas, I think, is an important part that AFB can perform. And hopefully you'll get support to do that kind of thing. You also mentioned earlier that, you know, it was uh, the board and the staff of AFB what, six, seven years ago, went through uh, a significant process of exploring what they had been doing, what they had been doing successfully, what they had been doing not quite so successfully, and how they could live within their means. And not all of those decisions um, would I have agreed, up, agreed to had I been on the board at that time. But I do at least understand the motivation uh, behind that kind of change. And I hope it hasn't burned the fingers of the board on trying new ideas, because I think you can bring some very good new ideas to the agency. Paul, let me know when you're ready for hands. You have another hand up. Very good. So, Eric, do you want to respond to what Brian said? Or <clears throat> sure, I, you know, um, my my observations are not intended to be criticisms um, of of AFB and and what has happened. I, I right. sometimes sometimes you make decisions and they don't work, and that's <clears throat> life. That's just living life. Yeah, and and some decisions were made, and unfortunately, they didn't have the outcomes that that folks thought they would. And so, you know, moving forward now, and um, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna do some things um, that, you know, it's, it's at least my, my expectation, we're not gonna, we're not gonna make decisions in a vacuum. Um, you know, they're gonna be thought out, and they will be, um, you know, we're gonna attempt to be as transparent as we can be. Um, that's how I've that's how I've had, lived my career, and I don't intend for that to to change. Now, on the other hand, you know, we may make a decision or two that 
not everybody agrees with and we'll, we'll live with that. Well, you know, um, it's just, it's the nature of, of managing an organization and uh, attempting to, you know, uh, get, get positive momentum going and, you know, and I'm, I'm excited about that. Yep. I think we have a hand, Miss Marion. Miss Marianne, who have we got? David Trot has his hand raised. I know him. Hello, Eric. How you doing? Good, David. How are you? I'm great. Uh, I couldn't resist calling in because, and I see so far I've been listening. One of your greatest contributions, I think, to ACB, and I've known you since you were a student, <laughs> um, is the way you help work with Dan and me and the board and the other staff to bring us into the corporate age, you know, for a long time. And they didn't like the way I said this. I'll try to clean it up tonight. We were, we were living on bequest and we still like to get bequests naturally, but we're not totally dependent on them anymore. And I know when, uh, poor old Melanie ended her time at ACB and you took over, we we were pretty much financially crippled and and you helped us move forward and find new ways to bring in money and i think back on a conversation that brian charleston and i had at a board meeting probably probably almost 20 years ago now brian said wouldn't it be great if the these people that we depend on like microsoft and people like that would come to us for our advice because we're the ones that use the technology and we're to that point now a lot. And, and it's a great deal because of the work you did as executive director and the people you put around you to work in the areas that we needed to. So I just want to say that ACB will miss you. Uh, although we're not going to let you go too far and that a <laughs> AFB uh, I think you will be a great asset for them and uh, you just uh, will move it forward back to where it used to be because AFB was really, a lot of us depended on the services that they provided over the years, you know, and a lot of that stuff is gone now. So I hope it comes back and I wish you well, buddy. Oh, thank you, David. That means a lot. Um, yeah. The, um, the 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 relationships with with you know corporate america um to me that is something that that acb and a you know a member driven organization can uniquely they can you you all can uniquely have moving forward um to to hold them to account for accessible products and services and and that that job's never going to end unfortunately no um you know, technology never ends and technology doesn't occur in a straight line. It, it zigzags. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's really awful. And sometimes a really good company can make an unfortunate mistake. And, you know, that, that will just keep going for time and memoriam. But if, the, if that company has a partner, a trusted partner like ACB, um, the ability to make course corrections quicker and or to listen to ACB regarding, um, you know, 
how the how the organization is you know is organized around accessibility does does the company have sufficient budget or is it is the accessibility component in the company at an appropriate level with decision makers or have visibility across the the company like other cross cutting initiatives do you know um acb had the seat at that at those tables and does have that seat at, at tables in very large companies these days um things are never perfect things aren't going to be perfect but it's you know things have come a, a very long way and what i want is is things to continue on down the path and um you know if the organization can have its mission supported in a financial fashion by some of these companies uh and still maintain you know its its own autonomy and the ability to have very frank and open discussions all to the better i mean i yeah. I, just, I love that yeah so what should acb be looking for in its new executive director well uh how did joel put it uh let's see <laughs> balding uh white male middle age <laughs> no oh my goodness six times we had to hear that anyway yes um, dan spoons is a very good man and somebody that i uh have thoroughly enjoyed getting to know mm -hmm. uh as a as an officer as a as a board member and an officer and then working with him as a as a partner uh i viewed him as a, a partner and and really helping to run the organization and uh he ran the membership side uh exceedingly well over these last four years very yep you want to talk about the most trying time to be the the president of a member-driven organization holy cow right let's just dip you into a pandemic for you know three of those four years roughly yep. see how you do but um you know he's he's a he's a creative guy uh, he's somebody that's very uh, thoughtful and and um, methodical, and and he, um, I think he's he's pretty transparent about <clears throat> much of the work that he's been doing. And so, you know, the he he's going to serve as the interim executive director starting tomorrow, and. Um, you know, obviously, I, I wish him well. He's he's inheriting a really good staff uh, of very capable people, and I think that that's important for uh, for folks to to understand. You know, the the ability for ACB to be an influencer uh, in in the blindness field um, has been. Uh, I think in part due to the support that I have received from people like Dan and Kim and the board of directors, uh, mm -hmm. people like David, frankly, that, that saw that in order for ACB to be, to, to do more, we needed to strategically invest in the staff. Mm -hmm. And, and that's something that we've been able to do over the last roughly, uh, you know, six years, um, in in various areas and we've we've seen the return on on the investment and you know we've 
just now invested in, you know, resource development and we're going to, we're going to watch that grow. And I have confidence in Joel and Bailey page and Colby Garrison and, and Bill reader, who's consulting with us. Um, Bill's not coming or Dan's not coming to an empty, an empty cupboard, you know? Um, and it's, you know, th those people, a lot of whom are, are blind, by the way, most yep. of whom are women. <laughs> um, and um, most, if not all of the blind individuals were severely underutilized in their previous employment um, and have gotten to come here to, uh, you know, to, to do some different things and, and have succeeded and are succeeding. And I expect that they will continue to succeed uh, well after, well after me and well after Dan. Um, it's a, it's a dedicated, cool group of people. Yeah. Get that. But, but I'm still going to hold your feet to the fire a little bit further. You uh -huh. are in charge of the search committee that's going to seek the next executive director, let's say. And, and, <laughs> yeah. and, and so what I'm asking you to, to think about for a minute is, sure. is what, what kind of qualities do you think that, that, uh, that abstract, if you like, or the, the, at the moment abstract executive director needs to have to be effective in, in, in an ACB leadership position. Yeah. Gosh, Paul, I just wanted to talk about my team for a minute. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think you're going to give me the chance to do it. <laughs> a couple of them are right here, right now. Oh, Pelagon, yep. Rick Morin and, and Larry Gatman, and they've yep. been great to work. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, okay. Profile of the executive director, well, um, tall, dark, and handsome, right? Of course. No. Um, Middle-aged, uh, <laughs> white man. <laughs> yes. I, you know, um, the individual has to be well-oriented to, to the blindness field and the blindness yes. movement. Yep. Um, you know, uh, the individual needs to be blind or visually impaired. Yep. Um, the individual, I believe, um, needs to have demonstrated uh, management skills. Um, yes. This job looks very different than when I when I took it eight years yes. ago. I, I would not be qualified, I don't believe, for this job had I had my resume from eight years ago today. Um, yep. There's a lot of, lot of different moving pieces now. We've got what 15, 16 employees, an additional five mm -hmm. contractors. So it, it's it's a it's a much bigger um, organization that that does different things today, which is really right. really cool. It um, is. Uh, you know, I think you know having having some managerial experiences is necessary. Um, I think. And Cindy raised this, and and some people kind of go, "Oh, isn't that precious?" But our core values are so important to me, uh, and mm -hmm. and you can tell when you talk to uh, the, the staff that it's important to them as well. So honesty and integrity, respect, flexibility, collaboration, and initiative—those five. Mm -hmm. um, the the individual has to has to have those 
Um, you know, it's, it's almost impossible to hire hundred percent accurately all the time, but with a, a position like this, the organization needs to make sure that they get it right. And, and being able to, um, you know, through the interview process, tease some of those qualities out. Um, the initiative part is a really big thing. You come to mm-hmm. a member-driven organization, you better be ready to work. And, and you better be ready to, to take on lots of different projects. Uh, you better be, you sure as heck better be collaborative and flexible. Otherwise, you're not going to last long inside ACD. <laughs> You know, and, and and or any member organization where where the volunteer membership is so active and plays such a role in in working on projects hand in hand with the staff. You know that stuff. Having some statue, you know, sitting there, um, that's not going to work, right? So, ideally, it'd be somebody that identifies with ACB. Uh, not just the core values, but also with the values of the organization down through the years. Um, Do you think being a member helps? I think, uh, I think in some respects it could. Yes. Yeah. But but not central. You think? Um. You know, some of the people that we we've hired were previously not members of ACB. Yeah, um, I, yeah. I don't think you you're. Know. I don't think you're wrong. I, you, you know, yeah. I, I mean, one of the, one of the problems in terms of in terms of meeting the criteria you're describing is is that it it is so hard, and and you've talked about it yourself earlier, for blind people in other institutions. Um, to get the kind of independent management experience where they have real power, um, and 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 so you you may be talking about a pretty small field. Yeah, I, I think you're probably right, Paul. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that it is a fairly small small pool of people. Um, yeah, but you know, we can always be surprised too. Yeah. By, oh, I'm 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 I'm. Hoping we will be. Yeah. Do we have some hands? We do. Miss Marion? Yep. We have Colby. How's your hand up? Miss Garrison. Hello. Hi, Eric. Hi, Paul. Hi, Brian. Colby. Hey there. Hello. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Let's go. It's treasury. Oh, my gosh. You were the hit. Don't tell Dan. You were the hit oh, of the run. <laughs> you were incredible. Thank <laughs> thank you so much i just i had to come on and um just say thank you to eric and uh you, you i'm glad you didn't call on me a little bit ago because i definitely had some tears um but i just want to thank you for um giving me you know my start um on my career now almost two years ago and um under Cindy's excellent tutelage and mentorship, um, and you know now in my new role in development, um, just thank you for everything that you have taught me. I've looked up to you and Rebecca for years. Um, <laughs> I finally got to tell her that <laughs> most recently, um, and uh, just thank you, thank you for 
just believing in me. Thank you for um, never dampening my effervescentness, uh, even though I always make you chuckle in staff meetings. Um, I almost said good morning, Eric, just because. <laughs> um, but I, I do. I just I wanted to to just say thank you. Thank you for um, your confidence in in me and what I have to offer. Um, and just for for believing in me, that means so, so much more than mm-hmm. than words can articulate. Oh, well, well, thank you. Uh, it, Colby, you're doing the work, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's, you know, we 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 took a chance and we've been hugely rewarded for it. And so now you're getting the opportunity to go and, and learn development and you're going to kill that also. It's going to be great. <laughs> and, you know, that's just that's how that's how this should work, frankly. Yep. In our field. I feel very strongly about that. For for those opportunities of, for people that 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 want and that want well, to do. And when folks when folks prove they can do things well. Um, them up. Yeah. Well, no, give them something else to do since they've already learned mm-hmm. how to do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very true statement. My goodness. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, so for some of the listeners who may not know, um, Colby, um, Colby was the hit of the rally because she sang a cappella um, quite wonderfully in the driving would, rain. In the driving rain, and 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 there were there were a lot of us who were very wet and and just moving around a little. Thanks to Colby, kept us all from freezing to death. So, it was good stuff. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, so um, you guys need to go need to go listen to the rally so that you can hear Colby. It was awesome. Yeah. yeah. It was awesome. It it was awesome. Eat your heart out, Aretha. <laughs> <laughs> Colby, thank you so much for your call. Yeah. Oh, thank absolutely. you. Absolutely. Yes. I yes, yes, sir. Miss Marianne. We have Jane Tolino. Miss Teleno from Texas now. Yes, yes, where we even have cold weather, it gets down to 40. But that's not what I want to talk about. Um, I have to go back to your tall, dark, and handsome thing and say you forgot one hot mama. So come on. (laughs) Got it. Anybody. I'm all... I'm all about it. I'm all about it. I know it. I hear it. Mm -hmm. And Kobe's proof. And so is Cindy and so are others. And so is the spirit in the programming that I pick up on when I can of let's get this done together. Let's be a team that gets it done. And that's what has to be on foot going forward. And so um, when I think about what can happen, I think whenever whoever is filling in as a temporary or a permanent um, head of, of whether it's ACB or the American Foundation of the Blind, if somebody says to you, I have, I, I'd really like to do this, <clears throat> you have to have the background and the skills to say, all right, what do we need to do to support that? And then you kick it up and we'll back you up. 
And if that can keep happening as it has been recently, then ACB and American Foundation for the Blind will just keep moving ahead and growing, being being new and fresh and appropriate and honored. <clears throat> and that's what that's what I really want to see. I I've been an ACB um, lifetime member for not too long, although my life has been a lot longer than my consistent involvement with ACB, but I wouldn't trade it. And so I'm standing here to say, let's keep moving forward and pulling people in and backing them up. And Kobe is such a great example of that, as are some others I know. And I just wanted to thank you for that kind of spirit and that kind of background that you've had that has allowed you to be flexible and uh, amenable to people <laughs> with a why not spirit that isn't foolish, but it is very daring and moving forward boldly. So thank you for that. And now I'll thank be quiet. Thank you, Miss Jane. Welcome, Paul. Mm -hmm. Wow, that was really nice. Thank you, Jane. <laughs> Jeez. Mm -hmm. Excuse me. Mm -hmm. Miss Marianne. We have Debbie Dietrich. <laughs> Debbie Dethridge. <laughs> Debbie. <laughs> okay, now I got it to work. Um, I just wanted to say, Eric, congratulations on your new job. ACB is going to really miss you. Um, you've done a lot for ACB and haven't had a chance to really talk to you personally a lot, but I've, you know, followed you on what you've done with ACB and you were great at the rally. And um, so I just wanted to congratulate you and say that uh, we're mushy. Thank you, Debbie. I appreciate that. Yay, Kentucky. The rally, the rally was one of the coolest moments in my 15 years at ACB. Yeah. Frankly, as a member, uh, not just as a staff person, but just yeah. maybe, you know, in the moment I felt like a member, you know? Yeah. And that's a good thing. That's a good thing. And 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 I suspect that um, as you described it at the rally, the the because the rally was happening and because they knew it was happening, it really appeared to change the attitude that Treasury took towards us. It did. Um, very very fascinating that magically that morning we were shown accessible paper currency for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> Literally just a couple hours before the rally started. By the way, that was such a neat moment to know that we were among the very first blind people in the country uh, to to see what you know what is you know targeted to be released in 2026, and to know that it they were all we were all ACB members in there. And you know? and those will be ten dollar bills, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, and and then twenties in in thirty. Is that the plan? Yes. Yeah. In interesting. Excellent. Do we have more hands, Miss Marianne? Yes, Meryl has her hand up. Miss Schechter. Can you hear me? Yep. We yeah. can. Great. Okay. Hi, Marianne. Hi, Eric. Congra congratulations to you. You have been a phenomenal leader 
And that rally took a lot of work. Oh, my God. And it was just, you know, the alliances that you have forged and the partnerships that you have forged in this organization <laughs> have been terrific. And now that I am the state president of the American Council of Blind of Maryland, um, I plan to work with even the national board to forge alliances and partnerships so that we can do fundraising from Maryland and, you know, just help and, and nationally just empower people. And you are really dynamic and we, we are going to miss you. And I also remember when I was at um, AFB in New York, because I'm originally from there, but <clears throat> I've never been to the office, you know, the current office right now. But I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart and believing in me also. Oh, well, thank you, Meryl. You're welcome. And congratulations. Thank you. Thank you very yeah. much. And you too. And yeah. I hope we can work closely together at some point. Yeah. Meryl like is that. getting... Meryl is getting so active in so many different ways now. Like she's <laughs> yes. spreading awesome. her wings and flying, Miss Meryl. Yes, I am. I mean, ever since, Eric, you, <clears throat> you actually, um, that I was able to be the um, honored with the J.P. Morgan Chase Leadership Fellow for 2020, I've just spread my wings and I have a lot of confidence. And I just thank you for that. Sure. Oh, man. What a cool program that is. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it is. <laughs> there yes, have it been is. so many folks from the states that have become, you know, national committee chairs, national mm -hmm. leaders, board yes. members yes. Um, yes. since 2016. It's been a, a really cool program that Kenneth Semyon has really done a nice job of. <laughs> yes. Oh. And, and I've also been in, in strategic meetings with Cindy that are very high level and very, uh, you know, secret meetings. And I'm, I'm privileged to be involved with them. Oh, we're <laughs> going to have to have you on the program to tell us all about them. Oh, I can't. Do <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Eric. Thanks, Meryl. Yeah, thanks, thanks Paul. Okay. Yep. Uh-huh. Miss Marianne. Neil Janine Lee. Hey, Miss Janine from Orlando. Or hey, there. Mr. Paul. It was nice being with you at the rally. Yeah, there you on go. On the Ben Rain. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Eric. Hey, Janine. Hey, I wanted to say thank you so much for taking time um, in your last week to call me uh, because it shows you really care about others and you made time when you didn't have to in a really busy time. And that I had. Um, when we did playtime at the beginning of my time and maybe years ago. So I'm glad we yes. have that memory. And I just wanted to say thank you so, so much for picking time to call me because you didn't have to. And I really appreciate that. Sure. My pleasure. Thank Thanks, Eric. Thank you, Miss Janine. Thanks, Paul. Yep. Miss Marianne. No more hands currently. So I would like to talk about um, issues for a minute. If if you had to pick out what you think is is the most crucial issue um, that 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 we should be really putting more attention into as ACB, what might it be? Hmm. 
don't limit yourself to one because that's no don't please don't (laughs) please hey mary lee mary lee uh somebody's unmuted yep we think well um you know from from my perspective I, i do think employment continues to persist as an issue um and it's one that i think organizationally we have uh struggled to get our arms around and to yep to frankly ever since i've been involved with acb i think we've yes organizationally <clears throat> struggled with it um you know employment goes back to I, th- I can't help but think it's part of the reason why we're treated the way we are uh, in society still. Um, people aren't seeing us doing the things that they're doing enough, which is why we still get questions like, you know, how, how do you match your clothes? Or, uh, how, you know, surely your wife takes care of your kids for mm-hmm. you. Or... Um, you know, you have a job, <laughs> all of these, all these questions I've been asked within the last two weeks, right. By Uber drivers, by taxi drivers. Um, and it's, it's one of these societal, it is, I don't know. I'm just going to step back and just be a blind guy, right? Like. I am sick of this. I am so sick of this. Um, The assumption that my wife is cited because we've got two kids and how could I, how could I ever hope to take care of my two sons? And oh my gosh, she's blind. How in the world does that work? Mind blown. Right. Um, Yep. And, and we were both employed. And and clearly we can't both have good jobs. jobs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and, and then there's that implication, right? So it, to me, um, the employment piece of this um, kind of, I don't, I don't know. I, more people that, that use white canes, that use guide dogs, that use magnification need to be next to people that aren't. Yeah. Doing regular everyday things, <clears throat> things called work, whatever that yeah. looks like to you. Yep. Um, that's the only way that this is going to change. It drives me nuts. And I know it drives other people nuts too. I it drives me nuts because part of this, you guys, is I now have two kids. And when I'm out and this stuff comes up with, with Tyler, he's like, Dad, what did they mean by that? You know, it's like, yep. and then I'm explaining yep. to my son, you know, and, and that's like, I'm never going to shy away from talking to my sons about this stuff and neither is Rebecca, but it's stuff that you just wish you didn't have, you didn't have to deal with, um, low expectations or no expectations. Right. Yeah. And I, and, and I think all of us who have parented kids, um, know how widespread that is and, and know how uncomfortable our kids are sometimes with the attitudes that other people have, you know, uh, I, 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 I don't know if you've experienced it yet, 
but um, people will walk up and, and pat your kid on the head and say, I, you're looking after your dad. Yeah. Aww. Oh, you're such a good little helper. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's scary. Meanwhile, he just threw a fit for 10 minutes, you know, and it was of no use to anybody, you know, but they yeah. don't know that. They just, you know. <clears throat> They're seeing him in his current state, and and then they're and then they're and then they're bothered <laughs> when you actually dare to suggest that you're going to discipline the kid. Because <laughs> right. who? I mean, he's your helper. You're not supposed to discipline your helper. Right. <laughs> so, um, the employment committee actually seems as though um, it's it's um, going in some pretty good directions now. I I I. I and and uh, they have talked on Tuesday topics in the past. I, I'm uh, liking these uh, email yeah. um, emails with the uh, job right. listings and all that stuff that we're right. we're getting. I think it's really cool. It's not to denigrate them or whatever. I, it's just I, I frankly I think the whole field has struggled with employment and what employment oh, really means. No, no question. And, and how employment has sort of shifted, um, in particular over the last 10, 15 years. Um, you know, it, I think, and I, I think the other big area that goes hand in glove with employment is transportation yeah. and what, what transportation is going to look like the next 10, 15, 20 years um, with, uh, you know, paratransit. Um, paratransit out here is still better than it is probably anywhere in the country, but it it is um, it is being taxed by people leaving the workforce. Um, the, the the whole COVID sort of shift in yep. jobs. Um, there aren't nearly as many taxi drivers or folks that want to drive paratransit right. vehicles, and and so the the quality of that service has gone down. And you know the municipalities are not adjusting to the times to look at other potential options like uber or other things right and, and then you have uber and the rideshare companies that still routinely discriminate against service animals right um their drivers right and so and all this leads to i just gotta get to work on time yep um you know <laughs> it needs to be reliable and it needs to be um there needs to there's got to be a knowability about about my mode of transportation to get to work to ensure that I'm there on time with my sighted peers so that then I can hopefully compete on an equal playing field and be judged that way instead of just being the blind guy that shows up late because the paratransit ride is always 40 minutes late. No one wants that. So many of the elements that you're talking about um, <clears throat> really have uh, a lot of involvement at the local and state level, certainly transportation, yes. I think to a degree employment and, and certainly um, services for seniors. Um, <laughs> do, do we need to do, do we need to do more to, to empower or, or can you think of ways that we might do more to empower our, our state affiliates? You know, I, I think that there, there is a, I think that there's a, a gap in 
understanding at times in education what what we can reasonably request and what is sort of outside the law but yes. what 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 can we actually do to try and innovate in these areas as a group of blind people living in a, in a municipality uh, working with a working with a county government or what have you to try and get what it is we really need and i, I do think um you know there are there are people like like Ron Brooks and Chris Bell and, yes. and others in this organization that have just a wealth of of knowledge, and it's not just like knowledge out of a book. A lot of it is stuff that has been utilized practically on the ground. Um, yes. That that we need to continue to figure out how to get that out to the folks living in living in the areas where they need. They need to be able to advocate effectively. Um, you know, that I I do still think that there's always going to be a need for that inside ACB and frankly, across the blind community. Um, you know, the advocacy stuff is challenging. Not everybody wants to actively advocate. Um, and, and that's okay, I guess. Right. Um, you have people that get involved with organizations like ACB for different reasons and, not all of them are are to get involved in the advocacy angle, but man, when something bad happens to you, I really hope that you would want to 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 get engaged and learn, so that you can act advocate and work with others to advocate. Um, you know, th- these are <clears throat> these are challenges that we're going through right now, and the area that we live, Brian knows quite well. Um, Arlington, Virginia has some of the very best paratransit and frankly, an, like an overlay customized service over paratransit. Mm-hmm. And, and the service is not very good anymore. And, you know, we're, we're trying to figure out how we can, we can best advocate to, to get this whole thing to evolve to a state where, um, you know, we can more knowably get to places on time because we've right. got things not we've got other considerations. It's not just, it's not just transportation. We have, we have kids that are involved in hockey and yep. tonight was baseball and uh, you know, Saturday is baseball. Monday is, is swimming. We yep. have other considerations. We're not just going to like sit at home and have our kids <clears throat> be couch potatoes. They, they want to do things. And as, as parents, yeah, we need to get to work. Absolutely. But there's these other, other things in our life that are also very important. Brian, last, last question from you or last thought from you perhaps. Well, again, Eric, it has been a pleasure to work with you over many, many years. And, uh, I have to say that, uh, you're now moving from, having Katie on the ACB board to having Katie on your AFB board. I and, know. Uh, that that should cool. be kind of fun. The other yeah. is uh, I am a board emeritus. So I get notifications of anything you will be doing uh, on <laughs> cool. a regular basis. And, uh, Do you get like a monogram invited. or something with the emeritus? Yeah, don't you wish. I got just a really <laughs> nice plaque. You know, oh, okay. plaques are, right? 
Right. 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 I never got one yeah. of those. Well, that's because I never made it to it the board. Some people don't. I got you, man. But <laughs> anyway, Eric, <laughs> do well. Um, I'd ask that you not take our staff with you. Uh, you trained them well. He's not and all a lot of them. People, when they move from one job to another, bring with them some of their quote team unquote. Leave <laughs> your hands off my pick and pick. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, well, I guess, and, and i guess and i guess i'll 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 kind of say the same thing i i've been i've enjoyed the heck out of working with both you and rebecca and i hope you will give her our best as well um mr eric um you know it's 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 been fun uh to occasionally get to spend some extra time with with you because we've been working together on projects and and both you and and Becca in the past have have uh, been kind enough to spend a little time at my house, which was good. Absolutely, uh, uh, good times, good times. Good beer, <laughs> and you. good beer. And, uh, and <laughs> I remember a, yeah. a crazy weekend uh, doing ADA uh, comments. Oh, right? oh with, yeah, with the Charlsons yeah. and Mark yeah. Riker. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was that was great fun. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but you'll so, get some chocolate chip oatmeal cookies soon. <laughs> <laughs> please thank you yeah exactly <laughs> he's he doesn't make that offer to me you know but anyway that's the way it is eric thank you so much for for actually doing what you probably didn't need to do that you know normally one's one's day ends at five o'clock as you have been telling us earlier in the program <laughs> <laughs> and and you've been kind enough to use your very last few minutes uh as a as an acb person um talking to us on tuesday topics so we very much appreciate it and i know acb appreciates all that that you leave behind you uh at acb uh, but but we expect to see lots of you mr executive director of of afb yeah well um and thank you for for thinking that this would be a a cool thing to do on my last yeah. day. Um, it was, this was a very interesting day for me, but this yeah. has been actually uh, cathartic and, and fun. So thank you yeah. very much, Paul. Appreciate it. You're, you're very welcome. Next week on Tuesday topics, we're going to uh, dip back to um, our in-person weekend. And we have invited David Trott to be with us to do a program that is at least to a degree built around a segment that he hosted um, at the in-person meeting of ACB. So it's be, it will be called Membership and Money. And so we look forward to everybody joining us for, uh, for that component. And we have some other exciting things coming up in, in April, so don't lose sight of uh, Tuesday Topics. I'd like to thank our production team, for all their work, and in particular, um, Eric, for uh, making his last act at, at ACB, getting in touch with, with members and giving us a chance to share with, with him um, his experience at ACB. So thanks, everyone. We appreciate everyone being here. And if we didn't get you on the phone, we are, we are sorry for that. But uh, thank you so much. And good night, everyone.